Hello everyone and welcome to the May 12th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd's Karen and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal allowed a claimant to reopen a stipulated award based upon excusable mistake. Here's what happened in the case of Benavides versus the WCAB. Leopoldo Benavides was working as a roofer in 2005 when he lost his footing and fell a distance of about 12 feet. The fall fractured his right ankle and injured his back. Benavides agreed to a stipulated award of 51% permanent disability based upon the evaluations of the agreed medical examiner, Dr. Roger Sohn. After the stipulated award, Dr. Sohn examined Benavides again and issued a new report increasing his whole person impairment rating for the spine. Dr. Sohn explained that he changed his opinion based upon an old 2008 EMG finding which moved the DRE spine rating to a category 5 under the AMA guides. But the EMG finding confirmed the decline in Benavides' condition had occurred before the stipulated award was entered. Nonetheless, Benavides filed a petition to reopen alleging his condition had worsened and that his disability exceeded the stipulated award rating. The work comp judge ultimately increased the rating to 72% and the employer appealed. On reconsideration, a two-to-one majority of the appeals board disagreed with the judge. The majority found that Benavides had not sustained a new and further disability as required under Labor Code Section 5410 because the decline in his condition occurred before the stipulated award. Thus, good cause to reopen the case under Labor Code 5803 was not established. The Court of Appeal reversed in the unpublished opinion and concluded there was good cause to reopen the case. Labor Code Section 5803 accords the Appeals Board continuing jurisdiction to rescind or reverse its awards for good cause. Such good cause may consist of newly discovered evidence previously unavailable, a change in the law, or any factor or circumstance unknown at the time the original award or order was made, which renders the previous findings and award inequitable. More specifically, an award may be reopened or rescinded if the stipulation has been entered into through inadvertence, excusable neglect, fraud, mistake of fact or law, or where special circumstances exist rendering it unjust to enforce the stipulation. Dr. Sohn issued a pre-award report rating Benavides impairment without first requesting and reviewing the EMG. And the work comp judge approved the stipulation, also unaware of the EMG. Whether the stipulation was the result of inadvertence, excusable neglect, or a mistake of fact, the error justifies reopening the resulting award. The Court of Appeal reversed a correctional officer's fraud conviction, citing errors in the jury instructions. Here's what happened in the unpublished case of People v. Lewis. David Brian Lewis was employed by the California Department of Corrections at Sentinel Estate Prison as a plumber. Lewis filed several claims for workers' compensation benefits during his employment. 
Lewis was prosecuted for insurance fraud concerning claims arising from an injury to his left arm in 2006 and an injury to his heels that he reported in 2009. Unbeknownst to his 2006 treating doctors, Lewis had a previous diagnosis of epicondylitis, which he did not disclose when they asked him about his medical history. Also, while off work, co-workers noticed and reported certain activity by Lewis that they suspected to be inconsistent with his claimed arm injury. One co-worker saw Lewis driving his truck on a bumpy dirt road using his left hand. Another also noticed a photo of Lewis displayed at a gas station in which he was using his left hand to hold up a large fish that he caught while off work. Another co-worker drove past Lewis's house and observed him getting his trailer ready to transport his all-terrain vehicles on a camping trip. After returning work for approximately a year and a half, Lewis claimed a 2009 injury to his left and right heels. Unbeknownst to his treating doctors in that case, Lewis had a previous history of plantar fasciitis and heel spurs. His 1999 medical records showed that he had been having heel pain for the prior 15 years. He did not disclose the prior heel problems to his doctors. At trial, the jury heard evidence that Lewis was participating in a bowling league while off work. Lewis was charged with insurance fraud based on his 2006 and 2009 claim. After a month-long jury trial, he was convicted of eight counts of insurance fraud. But Lewis appealed, and the Court of Appeal reversed in the unpublished opinion. Lewis argued that the trial court erred in not giving a unanimity instruction to the jury. Defense counsel requested that the trial court instruct the jury on the requirement that the jury reach a unanimous decision as to which acts Lewis committed in violation of each count. The trial court declined to give the instruction. But a line of cases have long held that when the evidence suggests more than one discrete crime, either the prosecution must elect among the crimes or the court must require the jury to agree on the same criminal act. This requirement of unanimity as to the criminal acts is intended to eliminate the danger that the defendant will be convicted even though there is no single offense which all the jurors agree the defendant committed. The judgment was reversed and this matter was remanded for further proceedings. And now our fraud report. Insurance broker James William Riley of Murrieta is facing 16 months in prison for multiple felony counts involving theft and embezzlement of over $172,000 from Casino Puma. Riley allegedly targeted Casino Puma's workers' compensation insurance policy. Insurance premiums are calculated at both the beginning and end of each policy year. A return of excess premiums is possible at the end of a policy cycle, and in 2007, the Casino Puma was due a premium refund of over $172,000. Riley received but allegedly failed to return the premium refund. In 2010, the loss of the casino was discovered and prompted a criminal investigation. 
Riley's arrest and sentencing are the result of a year-long multi-agency investigation that included the San Diego County District Attorney's Office, the California Department of Justice Bureau of Gambling Control, and the California Department of Insurance, with cooperation from the Puma Yauma Band of Indians and Casino Pauma. 59-year-old Suzette Boggs of Palmdale was arrested for alleged workers' compensation fraud. Boggs worked for the Los Angeles County Department of Parks and Recreation for over 10 years at the Placerita Canyon Nature Center in Newall. She handled a variety of animals, including owls, skunks, reptiles, and possums. Boggs reported that she had been bitten by a tick and contracted Lyme disease and filed a workers' compensation claim. She claimed a multitude of symptoms, prevented her from working, and made her daily life miserable. Boggs reported difficulty sitting for long periods due to pain, trouble holding items due to weakness in her hands as well as other symptoms. She was declared to have 100% total disability, but an investigation discovered her involvement in a band as a drummer and singer since 2007, which she failed to disclose to her doctors. The activities captured on video and reviewed by her physicians greatly impacted their opinion as to whether Boggs had 100% whole body impairment. Her physicians have since concluded that Boggs is capable of gainful employment. 100% permanent disability exposure was valued at about $400,000. After review of the video evidence, the final permanent disability value was lowered to 39% permanent disability. If convicted, Boggs faces a possible sentence of seven years in prison and restitution of nearly $365,000. A 33-year-old former Salinas resident and truck driver was sentenced to more than eight years in prison, the maximum penalty for workers' compensation and welfare fraud. Chip Kyle Bolton, now living in Arizona, was found guilty after a jury trial of seven felony counts. Bolton claimed on an on-the-job injury in 2011 and was receiving workers' compensation payments but was later caught on camera playing basketball. The surveillance disputed his claims that he was having difficulty standing for more than an hour and holding his baby daughter. He was filmed at the YMCA exercising on an elliptical and playing basketball, activities he later denied at his deposition. Bolton also received periodic public assistance beginning in 2009. In 2012, while receiving this assistance, Bolton applied for and received unemployment insurance benefits. He signed, under penalty of perjury, documents attesting that he was not receiving unemployment benefits when, in fact, he received and had cashed unemployment checks. Superior Court Judge Scott called Bolton a perennial liar in his sentencing hearing. Per the new realignment laws, Bolton will serve his prison sentence in Monterey County Jail. In total, Bolton will be responsible for about $84,000 in restitution. An Atalanto man who claimed he was bitten by a pit bull and injured while working as a cable installer has been charged with felony workers' compensation fraud. Dario Rudis Ortega, 53, reported that he had sustained a 2008 industrial injury. 
He claimed he was bitten by a pit bull on his hands and forearms and later alleged he sustained a left knee injury during the same attack. He is now charged with making a false statement in support of his claim for benefits, as well as failing to disclose information regarding his prior medical condition and prior medical treatment to the same body part. The case was referred to the San Bernardino County District Attorney's Workers' Compensation Fraud Unit by the Zenith Insurance Company. If convicted on all counts, he faces more than five years in county prison. Arraignment is scheduled for June 19th in San Bernardino Superior Court. And in regulatory news, the DWC has posted a third 15-day notice of modification to the medical provider network rules. The proposed modifications include clarification of the definition of an entity that provides physician network services. Also, a requirement for an entity that provides physician network services to provide an affirmation that they contract with physicians and other medical providers or contract with physician networks in their MPN application. There will be a 90-day time frame from the effective date of these regulations for the DWC to assign a unique MPN identification number to existing MPNs. Also, the DWC deleted a website posting requirement to indicate if a physician is not currently taking new workers' compensation patients. And now, Civil Code Section 1633.1 governs electronically signed documents between private parties when obtaining physician acknowledgments. The notice, text of the regulations and forms can be found on the proposed regulations page. And in financial news, the state fund's 2013 annual report shows an increase in net premiums to more than $1 billion and a decrease in its combined ratio of more than 10%. The strong growth in 2013 premiums was a result of a hardening market combined with its introduction of tiered pricing in March. And the state fund declared a $100 million dividend. It reports that policyholder surplus increased by 6% compared to last year, and more than 98.4% of its bond portfolio received the National Association of Insurance Commissioners' highest credit rating. State Fund maintained a balanced investment portfolio that was focused on both credit quality and investment yield. State Fund started investing in stocks in 2013 as a result of the passage of SB 1513, which expanded State Fund's investment authority. At year-end, State Fund had $917 million in common stocks. In 2010, State Fund began a transformation that has reduced annual fixed expenses by $300 million. And finally, in other news, Xerox announced a definitive agreement to acquire ISG Holdings, Incorporated for $225 million. The purchase creates a comprehensive workers' compensation suite of offerings for clients in the property and casualty insurance industry. Xerox will add Stratacare, based in Irvine, California, a company that provides comprehensive web-based medical bill review software, workflow, and outsourcing solutions. Also, Bunch Care Solutions, based in Lakeland, Florida, which provides medical management solutions with real-time integration between medical bill review and nurse case management. Stratacare has more than 350 employees across its operations. 
the acquisitions expands Xerox's services to property and casualty insurance carriers, third-party administrators, managed care services providers, governments, and self-administered employers. This acquisition complements Xerox's current support of the top 20 U.S. property, casualty, and commercial health insurance companies. The Insurance Journal just published a special report that highlights 10 current workers' compensation challenges ahead for the industry. According to the report, when it comes to technological innovations, the healthcare industry's advancements dwarf anything that has been developed in the work comp industry for years. The property casualty insurance industry is very slow to innovate and is lagging behind other industries as well as other parts of the insurance industry in adoption and rapid movement to technology usage and innovation. For example, one author says that there is a huge move now in the Veterans Administration called the Blue Button Project providing patients with an access portal. Patients can go into the system and can see all their medical records. They can communicate with doctors and it is a great back and forth system. There's nothing quite like it in the work comp industry. The workers' comp industry also lags in providing mobile claim reporting technology. Workers' comp and the rest of property and casualty has to rededicate itself to delighting the customer with dynamic technology-supported relationships. And that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, for past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkCop Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Renee Folds with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.